one just to, and for those that are that are here and y'all can be believing with us uh, we're also just endeavoring to follow words that the Lord has given Selena and I for our church family mm-hmm. uh, principally one of them is is that our influence as a church family here at Life of Faith North is bigger than just here That's right. right that he is opening avenues and doors uh, for us now that doesn't mean because sometimes what happens when this goes, and my promise to you guys is never will you guys lose because of that. Because right. sometimes what happens is when you start to follow God and, and see where he wants to open your influence, you can uh, miss those that are here. Mm-hmm. Right? So we will never let those that are here miss out. I appreciate it. I think you would, Miss Eloise. Then we won't <laughs> let you do that. But the other side of that, though, is, but I do want to invite you to be a part Because what we are as a church family is what the Lord wants to lead out and have influence beyond. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about influence, it's not only Selena and I. It's always all of us together as a church family. right? And and just as a little bit to help you, no matter where the Lord may lead you in your life, understand that whatever God does for your pastors, so to speak, God leads you to a church and you can say, God wants me to be here. Mm -hmm. Whatever is going on in the life of your pastor is for you. Right? And again, this will be all extra free stuff, right? It's amazing. And and that works on both sides. I have seen historically that as as pastors, as ministers followed the Lord, that flows into the life of the people God blesses them to lead. Just as much as if a minister gets off into sinfulness... Mm -hmm. That also flows off into the people that they lead. It's, it's not a one-way street. Yeah. right? So that is why I believe God speaks through the Apostle Paul, and he says we want to be careful who mm-hmm. we uh, connect ourselves to mm-hmm. right, and have them into our life as, if you will, leaders. That's why it says we've talked about it some weeks. That's why we don't just let any old person lay hands on us. Right. The Bible, there's a warning. You don't do that. You don't just let any old, old, I mean, we may honor the guest minister. We may honor somebody, but I just don't let folks lay hands on me willy-nilly because I, I, I don't know you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know all the good yet in you, and I, I don't know all the stupid in you either. Yeah, I mean, and I, <laughs> and, and, and I will get both, right? <laughs> and so I, I need to know the good and the stupid because it's not just a one-way pipe. That comes down. So I say that to say whatever we endeavor to do with you guys, whatever you see the Lord leading and guiding us, and we are very conscious that's for all of us. And that's why we try to communicate it in that way. So know that as God is saying that our influence is growing, that means our influence is growing. That means your influence is growing. So you, you also please be aware that the Lord is going to expand your capacity and area of influence and be willing to walk with him in that. Does that make sense? And that's all just free and not, that's all extra. But to come back to what we were saying, you know, about the age thing, more on this, one of, and, and y'all have heard me say this before, and, and as pastor I want to say this, one of the hardest realities for all of us to embrace and, and, and again, and, and y'all help me say this as nicely and as sweetly, because as the great theologian Mary Poppins said, a spoonful of sugar does help the medicine go down, right? Uh, and so, um, but one of the... 
sugar. sugar that's right. <laughs> and so <laughs> is uh, uh, one of the hardest realities to, to, to confront is what I am living in my life today is what I actually believe. Right, and that's, that's hard on all of us, myself included. Mm-hmm. What's going on in Brad's life today mm-hmm. is what I actually believe. Mm-hmm. Now, it may be what I don't want to believe. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I may want to change that. Mm-hmm. But I have to start with, oh, this is what I... So again, we talked about age. Oh, this is what I actually believe about age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have, to, I have to be first start with, okay, well, do I want to believe that? Yeah. Is this what I want? Yeah. Is, the, is this what I want? And then, like yes. say, and then I have to say, okay, well, then what did Heavenly Father say about this? Mm-hmm. Is this what I need to expect? Mm-hmm. And then, as I've said, and we, all, or we have all said, and know that it's okay, we all have gaps in our belief. Meaning that we can all read the Bible and read and see what God said was for us and then come back and look at my life and go, yeah, I'm not experiencing that. Mm-hmm. I can see it here, but I'm not seeing it in my life. And so I can see my gap in an area. Yeah. Right. That is part of what the word of God is supposed to do for us. Is it supposed to be that demonstrator of the gap? Does that make sense? Yes. Not for condemnation. Right. Not to beat us up so we go, oh, man, I stink. Mm-mm. But for us to go, oh, there's my gap. So that we can say, all right, Father, help me close the gap. Help me close the gap in where I am today with what I believe today and what you say is for me because this is what you have created for me. Does that all, does that all make sense for everybody? And again, when it comes to age, that's a big one. And I mean, I look around at our, our gathering of people today and I see mostly wonderfully wise people. Amen. And that's a great thing, right? I'm, I'm, I'm there. So to challenge yourself, because in our current culture, right, we celebrate youth. We idolize youth. We idolize youth. They actually sociologically speaking, they talk about in America, people reach their social equity, quote unquote, at about the age of 30. And from 30, you peak and you begin to slide gradually, slowly downward in social equity, Mm -hmm. right? And now here's an interesting thing. Um, That is why we suffer from midlife crisis. Uh, again, I'll just tell, I mean, a part of the story on that is, is that my, um, my father-in-law at the time went through a midlife crisis and kind of blew himself and the church and everybody up, <laughs> you know, um, through this kind of stuff. And it kind of put me on this journey to think, well, where did, cause none of us saw it coming. So we stood back and said, well, where did that come from? So I started studying midlife crisis and in the study that I did, not that it was exhaustive cause it wasn't. I learned that only westernized cultures actually suffer from midlife crisis. Cultures that idolize youth, that idolize the good old days, right? Those cultures suffer from midlife crisis. 
Other cultures, for example, Asiatic cultures that honor age, that value age, that look forward to and long for growing older because they know they're more valuable to their family and their community and their nation, Mm -hmm. they don't have midlife crisis. It does not exist. Mm -hmm. Does that that make sense? Well, now as Christ followers, when we come to Scripture, we can look at Scripture and we see more of an Asiatic mindset in the sense of from Scripture we see that we honor age, we are to look forward to growing older, mm-hmm. right? It says that the silver-haired ones, that is their crown and their glory. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's a mark of wisdom. It's to be honored. It's to be looked up to. Mm-hmm. And in, in the biblical culture, as you aged, you became more valuable. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That's right. So, so we can build a belief system that says, no, no, I'm getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I look forward to getting older. Yeah. I know. I appreciate it, Miss Eloise. You disagreeing with God, Miss Eloise. It's wonderful. That's right. Yeah. Right? But, but here's the thing, though. But in that comes some challenges as an example. So therefore, then, as we age, then we need to be more active than we were when we were younger. More intentional. More intentional. We need to be, be doing more. Right? Cool. Yes. Does that mean? Because also in our culture, that doesn't, for example, in our current culture is this concept of retirement that does not exist in the pages of the Bible. Coming to an age where we sit back and do nothing is an anti-biblical thought and process. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, recently, again, I just had somebody send me something. It was one of our spiritual. Well, he was here, Brother Jim Andrews. For Father's it, Day. For his Father's Day. Here. Those that were here, one of my spiritual dads um, was here sharing with us. But well, his wife, Miss Faye, one of our spiritual moms, she sent this out to us. And I thought it was a neat article she discovered that they actually are looking and going, there are three decades now that are apparently statistically our most influential decade. Who wants to know when those are? Anybody? Nobody. Not those decades. Talking about your age. They say the most influential decade of your life will be your 60s. From 60 to 70 is when statistically you will have your greatest impact on life. What you Well, here's well, here's what they say: most presidents and heads of states are in their 60s. Most CEOs of large corporations arrive in their 60s. Most powerful entrepreneurs, 60s. So just, we're not talking, we're just talking stats. Just if you looked at raw stats, Mm -hmm. the most influential people, it's the 60s. -hmm. Right? You want to know the second most influential decade Mm -hmm. is your 70s. From 70 to 80... Is your second most influential decade. That's right. Well, and I want y'all to remember that. Uh Right? And then your final, your third most influential decade is your 50s. So your 50s, your 60s, and your 70s are the 30 years of your life where you will have the greatest and deepest impact on your world. 
How many of you know most people don't look forward to those times? That's right. Yeah. They think they're husbands by then. We actually, I mean, I'm, I, this coming sep- September 11, I'll, in two weeks or so, I'll turn 49. So in most people's mindset, they're going, well, get ready, because next year, famously, I'm going to be what? I'm going to be over the hill, right? <laughs> and at my 50th birthday, they're going to hand me black balloons and say, well, that's it. You're, you're over. People are going to put flamingos in my yard, and they're going to do this. They better not. None of y'all. <laughs> Uh, don't let her catch you. And so, <laughs> but, but, but does that make sense? But I look at this now and I, and now, and I'm so grateful this came like, I'm about to enter the 30 most influential years of my life. That's right. It's a beginning of, but Jubilee, well, it's my it's 50 is Jubilee, but I believe that in front of me are my 30 most productive years. So now that's helped me to sit back and say, okay, yeah, I need to take better. We were talking about this morning over yeah. coffee. Yeah, I need to take better care of my body. If they just I, be more intentional. I need, to, I, need to do my, I need to do some stuff. I need, why? Because the next 30 years, mm-hmm. I'm going to get to do the greatest impact for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm and you get want to be enjoying it. And I want to yes. have a good time at right? it. You want yeah. to be enjoying it. You don't want to be constantly fussing over something physically because, and it's holding you back. Right. I want that. Does that yeah. make? Yes. So do y'all see that? So see, they, they, but this is determined by what do you actually believe? Right. And, and we need to regularly, again, please hear me, not in condemnation, right. but regularly take inventory of what do I actually believe? Mm-hmm. Right. And again, like some of that is, is well, what am I saying about this? Whatever comes out of your mouth, that's what you actually, actually believe. believe about a certain subject. Yeah, what am I feeling about this? Mm-hmm. Right? What am I, again, what are my jokes about this? Because we all know that hidden, and she's famously picking on me, because we all know hidden inside of a joke is always a nugget of the truth, right? Y'all look at me straight. Y'all didn't a know. nugget of truth of what you believe. Believe. Not the truth. Not the truth. But yeah. in what we laugh at, is a nugget of truth about what I actually believe. Yes. So we pay attention to what we laugh at. Because that goes for our young people too. Yeah. Hi. Hi, young people. Young people what you what we laugh at, and be careful, right? Does that make is this is all helping? Yeah. Because all of these. And now let's get into to the message part. Then, because all of these things we're talking about, these are seeds as well that you're sowing into your life. Mm-hmm. So in Genesis chapter one. And I know Selena, and thank y'all. Selena did a great job uh, the last two weeks, so thank you for doing that. Thank y'all for allowing me to fill in for Pastor Mark at the Irondale campus. Uh, was a, was an honor to be able to serve our church family over there. Uh, but we're just going to keep booing. We've been talking all summer about resource, mm-hmm. how that we are tapped into heaven's supply. Again, for just a real quick repeat for those that are new with us or those that might be watching and haven't joined us until now. And basically what we've been saying is you are blessed. That's right. Can I get an amen? Yes. You're not trying to get blessed. You're not going to work at it. You're not trying to to coerce God into blessing you. You are Mm -hmm. blessed. That is a state of being of your reality because you believe in Jesus. That's just who you are. Mm -hmm. Right? Just as much as you are human. Or just as much as you are male or you are female, mm-hmm. you are blessed. That's just who you 
are. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, right? Amen. Now, because we know now you are blessed, then here again, we looked at it in Genesis chapter 1, and we'll pick up again in verse 28. And it says, so then God makes mankind. And it says, and then God blessed them. So we said for some weeks that God's default position toward you is one of blessing. Mm-hmm. How do we know that? Because when God created mankind, the very first thing he did was bless them. So what is God's heart towards you mm-hmm. to bless you? Then he said that blessing will make you fruitful It will make you multiply. It will cause you to fill the earth. It will cause you to subdue it. It will cause you to have dominion or rule over it. Mm -hmm. So we see that blessing has an expression. That expression looks like these five things. Fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So now our next question is, how are we going to do that? How are we going to be fruitful? How are we going to multiply? How are we going to subdue the earth? Since that's what's going to do. And then God tells us the number one and principal tool by which you will experience or see the blessing of God. And unfold. And it's this next one in verse 29. It says, God says, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed, and this will be your food. Mm-hmm. So I know Selena kind of covered this again, a little bit of that. So inside of God's provision in your life is what is needed for today and the seed for your tomorrow. That is a thought that God has been unfolding with us some weeks that I really want to hammer home in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Right? So inside of your life, every area of your life is the provision for today and the seed for tomorrow. Did, and you covered that, right? Yes, did, you, did. That, did that sound familiar? Those that didn't, we can go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Right, so again, we're using, again, we're just following God's analogy here in Genesis. So we're using a fruit. I, I didn't get a chance to get one. We didn't have a chance to go by the, the farmer's market. Because if, if you notice at the grocery store, you can't buy a seeded watermelon. Have you noticed that? You go to the grocery store and they're all seedless. Mm-hmm. Which is the most anti-God thing in the planet. Because <laughs> only mankind makes things without seeds. God has never made nothing. Nothing he has made does not have seed. Right? Well, that tells us even in a cultural sense, part of our problem is even using food as an analogy, we have learned then to despise seed. Yeah. Seed just gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Seed just slows me down. Inconvenient. Seed is inconvenient. Seed is a nuisance. Well, see, that speaks to us at a deeper level, too, because we have to be careful that we don't have that way in our life. Mm -hmm. That all we want to do is just consume and have no thought for tomorrow. Yeah. Have no thought for the future. Have no thought for what's in front of us. Does does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But now in our analogy, how many ever had a good seeded watermelon? Come on. How many ever had... Now, here's my question to you. How hard was it to identify the seed? Was it hard? 
Did you ever cut that watermelon up and go, man, I, ho I hope I don't miss my seed. Man, I hope I don't. No, have you known how cool is God? It's that you, obvious. It's obvious. You cut that watermelon open and you go, man, that sucker's full of seeds. Mm -hmm. Right? They're not hard to spot. They're not hard to miss. The hardest part of it is not to swallow most. Have you ever known? Yes. <laughs> right? There's such an abundance. Well, listen to me. I want to encourage us. Know this too. And what we're talking about, know that that's going to apply to your life as well. It is not hard to identify what God wants for your seed. Mm -hmm. I want you to have in your imagination, it's as easy as cutting open a watermelon. Mm -hmm. So again, when you get your paycheck this week and you look at your paycheck, when you look at it and you go, oh, I need to give that much, then you, that's my seed. Yeah. That's right. It'll be that easy to identify. Right. When, and again, and I don't, and we're going to talk a lot moving this week forward. I'm going to talk a lot and use the analogy of money. All my disclaimers as a, not because we're greedy, not because we're suffering, not because we're behind, but because it's easy to understand Amen. and it touches everybody's life. Does that make sense? So please hear me as we start talking about money. Because Brother Hagen taught us years ago, there's two things you can talk about and you make people just mad as all get out. You talk about their kids, <laughs> raising kids yeah. right, or raising kids, or you talk about their money, yep. and people just get right upset. So I, I, I just want to start off, we're going to talk about money, please don't get mad, <laughs> all right? Whoever you are, please know it's not because I'm not going to ask for extra offerings, I'm not, I'm not none of that. I just want to, but the Bible talks about Very it, daily. but it helps us understand. Yeah. But in this concept, I want you to know, as we've said, it's more than money. That's right. <clears throat> right? It's more than money. You need to look at your job and go, okay, my job as a job, there is provision for today in my job, but there's also seed for my future. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it'll be easy to see. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. In my married life, mm -hmm. right, there are things that are, but there's things that are seeds for the future. Does that make sense that I need to do? But I want us to just know and believe because when I've talked about this, I've had people beginning to ask me questions. Well, how do I know what's my seed? I don't want to miss my seed. Well, and that's when the Lord said, well, do you miss a watermelon seed? Right. My brain goes to avocado. The avocado seed. It yeah. is there. It is big and it is like shiny and all the things. You can't so, miss it. Can't miss it. So I just want you to know that it's going to be easy to identify mm -hmm. and just have an expectation. Mm -hmm. It'll be easy for me to see my seed. Mm -hmm. When I look at my life and I go now with this attitude, Lord, show me what is my provision for today. Because mm -hmm. there's always provision for today. Mm -hmm. But what is my seed? You'll know. It'll be instant. So again, back to our analogy about money. So when you get paid and we talk about sowing your financial seed, I don't want you to think tithe. I don't want you to think amount at this time. I don't want to get caught up in that. I just want you to look at it. And when you look at it and you go, I should give $100 of that. Whatever instantly just pops up and you just look at it. I want you to go, okay, that must be my seed. Yeah. Does that make sense? That, that must be my seed. I can look at that and go, bam, I should give that. Mm -hmm. And then I believe this, and you're going to know who to give it to. Amen. 
Now, please hear me as we talk in the future about giving. You're going to hear me repeat three things, and these are just categories. This is not me dictating to you what to do. But categorically, we should give to our local church, wherever that is. That should be one of the areas we give to, right? You've heard me say this before. We should give to people and ministries that ring the bell of your heart. Now, what I mean by that is, is you agree with what they're doing. You get excited. You hear about brother or sister so-and-so doing X, Y, Z over there. And you're like, ooh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, that just rung the bell of your heart. Or equally as so, you hear about somebody doing something and you get mad. And you go, see, more people should be doing that. <laughs> right? We've all had those conversations. Now, my only little bit and tidbit is, is whenever you get mad, you should probably pay a little extra attention because that probably is what you're called to do too. Because mm -hmm. part of the reason you and I are mad is we're not doing it. And it's a little bit of projection. We're mad at everybody else because they're not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> and so you can look at that and it's a good little indicator to go, oh, I might need to investigate whatever that is because that got me righteously indignant. Right. That might be part of my calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? That, yeah. that might be part of what God wants me to do with my life. I should pay attention and then I'll be less mad. Right, I'll That's be. That's right. <laughs> Does that... of, can I just interject? Sure, please. Quick? Yeah. Part of being fruitful and multiplying is what Brad just said. <clears throat> the moment something comes up and then you turn your focus to it, then all of a sudden, the moment you focus on it, just the way God designed us to work is that now creativity and ideas start to flow towards that thing that you're focused on. So you're going to hear Brad and I talk a lot about intentionality. You know, being intentional about taking care of our body and all that. Well, just the way God designed it, because we're blessed, because he has put his blessing upon us, then the moment we decide, oh, I'm going to focus on this right now because I got righteously indignant about it. And I don't know why and I don't know what to do. And I don't. OK, well, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to focus on it for a little bit and just kind of so, Lord. You know, in my conversations with God, I'm now asking about it. I'm now mm -hmm. looking around me. I'm now, things are jumping out at me through scripture about that thing. Because in my heart, I have turned and I have focused on that. The moment you do that, it starts to bring creativity. It starts to bring a multiplication mm -hmm. and an increase and a, be, a subduing of things and all of that. And all it took was our, our focus. Yeah. A lot of times we don't want to focus because... We don't want to, well, that, that, that's not going to um, bring, yield any fruit about my time or the, you know, the time that I'm spending on it. I, it's just a waste of time. I mean, I, I'm sure that's not going to yield anything. Well, how do you know? Actually, if you realize that you're blessed, whatever you put your focus on is going to yield yeah. something. Whatever you put your focus on. And so, anyway, I just... Well, that's good. And even, that. you're saying, I talked about that this week, even what she just said... And that's what I want to think about. See, so even your intentionality, even your focus is a seed. Mm -hmm. So I really want you to look and us to look at this over this next coming weeks. Mm -hmm. As we talk about seed, I want us to be on the hunt 
for our seeds in all areas. Mm -hmm. Because even your focus is a form of a seed you're sowing. Because you're choosing, again, I'm choosing to not watch that episode of the Andy Griffith Show for the 400th time. <laughs> I'm choosing to take that half hour and focus on this, right? And that intentionality is a, I say that because sometimes as we talk about stuff, one thing people do is, is well, I don't have anything to sow. And I want us to realize, no, 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 we have more to sow than we've ever imagined. Mm -hmm. We have more seed available to us than we've ever imagined. Simply because most of the time in church, again, as we said, when we talk about these kind of subjects, you hear a preacher talk about seed time and harvest. What is he talking about? Come on, help me out. Come on, be honest. What's he talking about? Money. He's talking about money, right? And the only thing we talk about when we talk is Money. And that's why everybody gets mad. Right? So please hear me. You have more seed in your bag than your money. That's right. Now, money is one of the seeds, but you have more than that in there. Mm -hmm. Way more. Way more. And so I really want, so even as we said, even in this idea of, okay, there is time mm -hmm. available to me. We all have 24 hours in a day. Mm -hmm. And in that time, there is seed time, mm -hmm. literal time that you need to take and sow into things. Yes. Right? Because your time is something you can sow. Mm -hmm. Right? I need to sow time into my marriage. I need yes. to sow time. Yes, you do. Amen. Oh, amen. And so I need to sow time. <laughs> I need to sow time into my children. I need to sow time into you, yeah. right? I need to sow time into the word. Mm -hmm. I need to sow time. So time is probably one of the greatest seeds we have to sow, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when we do this, I want us to say, and again, you'll know, and again, it'll be easy to identify. You'll get up and you'll know, oh, I need to sow this time here. Mm -hmm. I need to sow this time here. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Now go with me to Galatians. Let me just check, speaking of time and sowing time, let me take a look at our time. You're recording, right? I am recording, praise the Lord. And I haven't done this, but we welcome whoever might be watching via the Facebook Live. So we welcome you. Yes. Uh, but go to Galatians, and I want to look at this at chapter 6, and we're going to take, take our time, not to, no pun intended. <laughs> we're going to go slow in this one. Because for the next little bit, for the next couple of three weeks, as we're talking about and you're identifying seed, what I want us to focus on is the heart of your sowing. Right? So Holy Spirit, help me with this. Because I want you to think about your seed, whatever that seed is, whether it's your money, whether it's time as we just talked about, whether, whether it's the word, whether it's whatever, focus. whatever you would, your focus, whatever you identify as a part of your seed, I want you to think of your seed as a container, right? Yes. And what you put in your seed is what you're actually going to reap. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to come against something. I go, a number of our church family here have come from what is called the word of faith doctrine 
which again, you've heard me say this before, not that what we learned was incorrect. It was quite incomplete in my opinion, right? I'm going to talk against this concept of naming your seed. It was a big thing. There's a book I will recommend you to read. You can borrow the copy. I think it's on the shelf in there. If you don't have one, it's called The Midas Touch by Brother Hagen. And he wrote that book. If you haven't ever read it before, my opinion, it's one of the best books he ever produced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was It's called The Midas Touch. And Brother Hagen taught us, and I'm going to teach you, that that whole concept of naming your seed is unbiblical. Now, if those who might not be familiar with that, what this doctrine said was is, oh, if you want money, you need to sow money. money. And if you want time, you need to sow time. And if you want whatever, you got to sow because, and they use the analogy of, well, if I wanted corn, I would sow corn. Mm -hmm. Right? And if I wanted tomatoes, I would sow tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Right? But here's the thing. Apparently, Paul didn't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) right and so here's the thing the idea is we need to sow stuff and we have a lot to sow and please hear me well and i'm going to talk about this and not sowing is also a false doctrine right real quick before i come don't make me lose here's an analogy i want us to lay out this is a bit of an introductory message i've shared some of these concepts those that listen to what i shared at irondale they got the super hyper high speed version (laughs) With you all, because you're here and we get to be a family together, we're going to go real slow and I'm going to give you everything. There's a lot they didn't get that you're about to get. Does that make sense? So remember, you've heard me say this before. For every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. Mm -hmm. So for every mile of truth, there's two miles of error. Mm -hmm. Over on this side over here, the ditch over on this side that most people fall into in the area of giving, and I'm going to use money as the analogy, is I got to give or I'm not blessed. That is error and it is wrong. Okay. We do not give to get blessed. Right. Come on. Yes. All right, that's a ditch. Right? The other ditch over here is the ditch that the grace people suffer from, which is woohoo, I'm blessed. I don't have to give no more. That's also wrong. Was I clear? Right? So saying, woohoo, I'm blessed. I don't have to give no more is equally as wrong as saying, I better give or God's not going to bless me. In the middle of the road is the concept and the truth of Scripture, which is because I am blessed, I have so much to sow. That my heart is to sow. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, because this goes in those, well, Brad, well, what about sowing and reaping? Well, you'll reap. Mm-hmm. But please let me hear this. Here's the analogy that I've used, and y'all have probably heard me say it before. How much faith do I need if I climbed on top of our building here and got up on the peak and I walked out to this end and I stepped off? <laughs> How much faith do I need to hit the ground? Zero. I don't have to go to the end of the roof over there and go, God, I'm just believing you that it's going to be a big splat when I hit. Right? God, I'm just, 
I'm just trusting you that when I step off of this roof, man, I'm going to get a hundredfold return on the law of gravity and I hit the ground. How many of you know if I walk off the end of the roof, she's going to take me to the hospital because I'm going to fall, I'm going to break something, and then she's going to smack me, right? So listen to me. That's the way it is. Will you receive a return on your giving? Absolutely. It's the law. It's the law. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about am I getting 30%, 60%, or 100%. Don't worry about my return rate. Don't worry. You don't have to worry about that. God said that that's like the law of gravity. You will receive from what you give. That's right. Now, here's what we've never taught people is what they actually receive. Right? And that's what Paul addresses here. So here back in, in Galatians chapter 6, we're going to start. So in chapter 6, verse 6, and we're going to go real slow on this. Paul says, let him who is taught the word, right? That's you. That's me. When mm -hmm. we sit under preaching and teaching, mm -hmm. we are taught the word. Let him who is taught the word share or give in all good things to him who teaches. Now, what is Paul talking about? Somebody help me. What is Paul here talking about? Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him. Who uh, no, no trick question, right? So, about giving goods. Yeah, so. Whatever you have that's good, give it to us. Yeah. So let me ask you, so is money a good thing? Yes. Yes. How about groceries? Yes. Are groceries a good thing? Yes. yes. That's, that's, that's awesome, right? How about other stuff? Yes. Any other material, is it good? Yes. So here Paul says, hey, listen. If you're taught the word by somebody, it's a good thing for you to look around in your life and go, hey, Mr. Minister, here's some money. Here's some groceries. Here's some clothes. Here's some this. Let me put some gas in your car. Let me do this for you. You taught me a spiritual reality. I want to give you something to say thank you. Is that good? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, should it we is. do that? Yes, yes. we should. Yeah. Yes, we should. We should all do that. Does that make sense? Now, please say, I'm not, I'm not about, don't, I'm not asking for a bucket. I'm not taking up an offering. I got to make sure that's clear. But I want to make this point. So Paul in this verse six is talking about giving material things. That's right. He's talking about the seeds, quote unquote, of material items. But then let's keep reading. Verse seven, he says, and don't be deceived. God is never mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So here, Paul's talking about sowing and reaping. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Well, what is he talking about sowing? That what you sow. Well, well what? What is he talking about sowing oh, here? Material things. Material things. He's, he's talking about you gave something materially to a minister, right? You, again, in Paul's, he's talking to the Galatians. Paul's saying, hey, I've taught you all this spiritual stuff. It's good for you to give me an offering. That's a good thing. Then he says, and there's sowing and reaping. You're sowing. But now it's interesting here because it seems like Paul is changing subjects, but he's not. That's right. He says, for, in verse 8, he that sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit 
will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And we might sit there and say, well, Paul, I thought you were talking about offerings. And Paul says, well, I, I am. So see, Paul in this one passage says, your offering to a minister is a seed, it's a container mm -hmm. of your heart that you put into the seed. Because you can take, and I'm just going to use money as an, you can take a hundred dollars mm -hmm. and you can give it to a minister and you can give it of the flesh or you can give it of the spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's Brad's personal opinion. Why many, many people have not seen a return quote unquote on their financial giving is they sowed it from their flesh. They either did it because they felt like they had to, mm -hmm. they were obligated to, they were forced to, or they were wanting the hundredfold return. I mean, I've heard ministers, and if I named them, you know who they were. Well, I gave this way so that God would owe me. So that God would owe, I gave in a certain way so that God would owe me back. And I'm like going, God don't owe me nothing. I mean, I kind of know what you're saying, but you're really going to hurt a lot of people saying it that way yeah. because God owes me zero because he gave me everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> he gave me his whole self. He gave me Jesus. He gave me his spirit. He gave, God emptied heaven to buy me. That's right. mm -hmm. God owes me nothing. Mm -hmm. Did you see that though? Uh -huh. But that language shows me, oh, I'm given from my flesh. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm given from this place. So either some people give from the oblig obligatory flesh side, some people give from the greedy flesh side. Mm -hmm. I'm given over there so that I've got extortion money on God. You owe me. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So see, but here Paul says, hey, listen, you can give, but what you're actually giving is from your spirit. Yes. It just happens to be attached to something physical. Right, yeah. But what you're actually giving is from your heart. That's right. And so when you reap, what you're actually reaping is bigger than what you sowed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? For sure. Because here he says, you will of the flesh reap corruption or of the spirit you will reap everlasting life. So see, in this one passage, Paul is talking about more than the gift itself. He's talking about the heart of the giver. Mm -hmm. And I really want us to be focused on that as a church family. Whatever you give, wherever you give, is that you're aware of the heart where it's coming from. Y'all look, y'all, is that, yes. A, yes. is that okay? Yes. I hope, I mean, I hope, this is what I hope is we, and y'all tell me if we do a good job, is that this inspires all of us to give in all areas more than we've ever imagined. Amen. Yes. Yeah. That's my, my hope. Not yeah. just money. But man, that we give of ourselves, that we give of right. our time, we give of our life, we give of our priorities, we give... Just, and we're like, God, I mean, that's what Paul said at the end of Corinthians. Mm -hmm. 
when he talked about as he goes, I'm your apostle. And he said of himself, he says, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Uh-huh. Even though, and then he said, even though I know I'll never get back from you all that I've given. Yeah. But I will gladly spend and be spent for you. And I will pour myself out for you and give so much. Why? Because I'm blessed. Does, does that help? Yes. So, so again, and just to kind of finish up, and then I want to look at one story, and then we'll go home and, and talk about this through the week. So then in verse 9, he says, So therefore, don't grow weary in doing good. What is that weary good thing? What, what's the good thing he's talking about don't get weary in? Giving so material things. Giving. Giving. Giving material things. Guys, listen to me. That's still, don't go get weary in giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And here's what I've learned. Apparently in context, oh, if I'm getting tired in my giving, it's because I got out of the heart of giving. I got over into either, again, obligation or got into one of the ditches or whatever. But if I've gone weary in my giving, ah, then that should be an indicator to me. Oh, I'm, I'm out of the heart of giving. Can I give an example? Sure. Mm-hmm. So another thing, another thing that's a container, another seed, if you will, is our words. And so, you know, sometimes uh, when we teach our children to pray at the table and they're just like, thank you for this amazing food. And they just and they just talk to God. Those words are filled with their heart to the spirit. Right. Uh, that that there there's genuineness in there there's all this stuff right so these words are producing this beautiful prayer this beautiful atmosphere is changing mm-hmm. the way they see things but then if at some point it shifts thank you father for this just say amen <laughs> right it becomes rote it becomes memorized it becomes this uh, just get it done because i really just want to eat right so our words being seeds, it's not about the word. I can say, good morning. And then what was in there? Oh, life-giving, love, yeah. kindness. Good morning. It's yeah. a whole other world. <laughs> I just put a whole other spirit in that word. Yeah. And I got to choose that I, I, I sowed that word to the spirit or to the flesh. The flesh, exactly. And what we reap from the spirit is one thing. And what we reap from the flesh is a completely different thing. So just like words, whenever we give, you know, sometimes we volunteer. And we volunteer and we, we're sowing and we're, you know, and at first it's this life-giving thing and you see the, but then as always, you, you get weary. You're like, I wonder if I'm still on track, if I'm supposed to be still doing this, if I'm, yeah. hmm. You know, so then you just go and you show up and you do the thing and then you leave. And then you go and you show up and you do the thing and then you leave. Well, what are we sowing? Is it because what we're actually sowing is either the flesh or the spirit. That's right. Right. And so when it comes to our material stuff, same thing, same thing. I just wanted to kind of take it away from the material. Absolutely. These other two areas that are very daily and we all know as well so that we can kind of see it. Oh, wait a minute. We've yeah. all been there. We've all been weary in the, in the doing of, you know, thank you, God, for this amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for just, just <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the same, same concept. And, what it, and I think, you, do y'all see, it's the heart of what we're sowing. Right. See, everything, you've heard me say, everything external 
in the Old Testament is now internal in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, there were a lot of regulations about what you gave, when you gave, how you gave, where you gave, and it was all external. Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, you see that shift as it should now to inside Mm -hmm. about the heart of your giving. Mm -hmm. And it shifts from the quantities and the... Now, we're going to talk about at some point... We can learn because there are types of giving. Mm-hmm. There's the tithe. There is what's called first fruits. There's what's called alms. There's, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of what there's all kinds of others. Wave, offering. wave offerings and grain offerings and drink. And we can still learn as categories, kinds of giving, mm-hmm. and we should. Mm-hmm. But now, in the New Testament, it's about the heart of your giving. And it shifts completely. It's like Jesus when he would talk about tithing to the Pharisees. And he said, man, guys, y'all go out in the garden and y'all literally count down the mint leaves. And every tenth mint leaf, you pick it off and put it in a basket and bring it as your tithe. But you forgot about the heart of the tithe, which is mercy and justice and compassion He says, then Jesus goes, you should have done both. (laughs) You should have counted down and got every 10th leaf, but excited with this gets to go to a widow. This gets to feed an orphan. This gets to take care of this. This gets to supply. Wow, my garden got to produce this so that these people could be served. Oh, wow, that's exciting. Let me grow my garden a little bit bigger. Let me get this thing larger so that I have more to bless these people. Do you see that in the New Testament it shifts to the heart? But on the bigger thing, what I want you to get excited about, but the return, the reaping of your sowing is everlasting. Right? Go with me and, and we'll end today's time with one story. It's in the book of Acts chapter 10. And this one recently, this one literally, as I love what Audrey used to say, this one literally fried my fritter when I, <laughs> when I read it because I'd never really seen it like this before. This is very familiar to many of us. This is Acts chapter 10. We'll start in verse 1. You've heard the story of a man by the name of Cornelius. This is his story. So it says in Acts 10 verse 1, There was a certain man in Caesarea who was named Cornelius. He was a centurion who was called the Italian Regiment. So he was over a, a, a cohort of a hundred soldiers. He was a devout man who feared or worshipped God. Now, Cornelius was a Gentile, which means he was not a Jew. So that's going to be important. Mm-hmm. right? He feared God and all of his house with him. So he did a good job. He discipled his whole household. So Cornelius and his entire house, that meant him, his wife, his kids, all his soldiers, all their wives, all their kids, all their servants, everybody followed after Cornelius and they feared the Lord. It says, now notice this, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. So now I got to paint a bit of a picture here so we're going to hit pause on the story for a second. So remember, so Cornelius is a Gentile So in this time period, in that time, he couldn't go to the temple like a Jewish man. 
He couldn't worship. Mm -hmm. He couldn't do what Jew. He was on the outside and he could only get so close. So, so Cornelius did all he could. He got as close as he could get. Right? His heart was, he was there. His heart was all. Now, I really want you to see the heart of this man. Because mm-hmm. everything he did was from his heart. Wow. Because he just loved God. He worshiped God. He feared God. He, he was devout. He, he walked after the ways of God. He was as Jew as he could get, so yes. to speak. <laughs> <laughs> he was just as close I mean, as as possibly could. But I want you to notice this. It says, so then, in verse 5, it says, about the ninth hour of the day, which that means for us it was probably around 6 o'clock, right? So in the evening, he saw clearly in a visual an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when Cornelius observed this angel, he was afraid. But the angel, but Cornelius said, what is it, Lord? So the angel said to him, now notice, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Isn't that interesting? So here the angel comes and says, Cornelius, your giving and your praying mm-hmm. have come before God. Mm-hmm. Now, most of us here would go, yeah, I get the praying part. Yeah. But I don't get that giving. But here the angel says, Cornelius, literally your giving of money on the earth is before God in heaven right now. That's right. That's amazing. Come on. That is amazing. Your giving, you gave generously to people mm-hmm. and it's sitting in heaven right now. Mm-hmm. And your giving of money here is before God right now. No, no, you don't get, your giving church life, your giving is not just here. Your giving from your heart goes straight to God and sits before God as an act of worship. (laughs) Come on now. See, your gift, but now here's it, but then Cornelius reaps. And for time's sake, I won't read. You can read the rest of the story. But now Cornelius is about to reap from his giving in this way. Now, this is Brad's paraphrase. So God says, because of your heart and your giving, you get to be the first non-Jew that crosses over into the New Testament and gets filled with the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. What an honor. <laughs> Yeah. Your giving made a way for the true riches, for the true riches to come into your life. That's right. So, guys, listen to me, church. I, I want you to pay. Your seed that you sow here is spiritual more than it's physical. Your, your giving here, and again, I'm going to use money as an example. It's not about money. You're hearing me now. But when you give, whether it's here and you give your offerings here at the church, or again, many of you have, and you give to Audra and you give to other ministers, or you give to each other, or ever how you are prompted when you look down at your money and you see, oh, look, there's a seed. And then instantly by the Spirit, you go, oh, I need to give that to Kevin. 
Right? I need to give that to, to Chris. I need to so you need to know that is a spiritual activity yes. more than it's a physical activity. And you don't know, but in the giving of that, you're literally giving it here and a person is humbly receiving it mm-hmm. as what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and it's coming across and, the, and it's a spiritual thing, but it's, it's sitting before God yeah. and it's opening up everlasting things to you. Yes. Yeah. See, I think we have limited people and it's been our uh, shame can I say this as ministers that, hey, well, listen, you know, if you give me a hundred dollars, you'll get a thousand dollars. Well, that's thinking small. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's little. See, but don't look at Cornelius. He just gave. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he just loved God. He was there, and, and I, now this again, this is Brad putting my imagination in. Here is this, this centurion. He's probably in Jewish-held lands, maybe somewhere like Jerusalem, and he's seeing things. Maybe, and I don't know, maybe he was there when Jesus was crucified. Shoot, maybe he was the dude that led him that. I don't, I mean, I can only imagine, but he's there, and he hears, and he sees, and he gets his, and his heart goes to God. And he goes, man, I'm just gonna, I just, I'm gonna give and I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow. And here it is, and I'm gonna be generous and I love to all people. And I'm just gonna pour out from this blessing that I've seen. I can only get so far. And God says, hey, listen, you're about to reap a spiritual return that you don't even imagine. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. So guys, yes. that's New Testament giving. Yes. That's what it means to give now. That's what it means to sow now. Mm-hmm. Th- does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's bigger than that. Yeah. It, it, it's bigger. And that's why, and, and, and again, I know I'm not trying to lie. <laughs> For 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want you to look at this. I hear, I, I hear that we're dismissing. <laughs> We've all heard this verse, but, I, but here's, I want to unpack it a little bit in, in, in line with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. How many of you have heard a good prosperity preacher talk about this? But this I say, Paul says, he that sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, but he that sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. And you've heard a good prosperity preacher talk about, so when you look at your money and you have this imagination, you want to give the bigger number. Anybody heard somebody say, I've, I've heard that before. So you look at your money and, and you can go, well, I can give $100 or I can give $500. Well, you should always give the $500. Come on, I'm just going to be real real. Not according to what Paul said. Because this is interesting. Now, this takes a little bit. If you study this out, in, in, and you can go to Blue Letter Bible and look at these words, and you look at it in the Greek language, that word sparingly, he that sows sparingly, the word sparingly there is a quantity word. It talks about amount. But when it switches over to bountifully, the word bountifully there is principally not a quantity word. 
It can be, but principally that word is the Greek word eulogia. We literally get our word eulogy from it. And it means to give and declare a blessing. Mm -hmm. So now look at this in this way. Paul says it like this. Hey, listen, if you give and you're just focused on amount, that's small. Mm -hmm. But when you give focused on blessing, that's big. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, Do you hear me? See, we've trained people in the church to just think about quantity. Yeah. In the New Testament church, we've told people, you better make sure you give that 10%. Mm-hmm. Wow. You better make sure you give X amount. Mm-hmm. Are you robbing God? Mm-hmm. Come on, can I just be real? I'm just going to be just as real and raw as I know how to be. Mm-hmm. Right? You better make sure it's exactly you do. And then we get people, well, do I tithe on the gross? Or do I tithe on my net? Income, which one do I do? Which one do I do that, right? No, Paul says, hey, listen, if you're focused on amount, that is small thinking. But if you're focused on heart, if you're focused on the reality of blessing. Mm -hmm. So listen to me, guys. New Testament theology is this. You may look at your lunch and go, I can't feed 5,000 people. Right. But if I will give from my heart, then the blessing will take what is small and make it limitless. That's right. Yes. Do you see that? See, the blessing, see, and thank you. At the end of, I was preaching yesterday in Irondale, and I sat down, and if you watch the video, I'm, I'm there because the Lord downloaded this, and I forgot to just write. But listen, the blessing in you is limitless. Yeah. The blessing in you has no boundary. It's without measure. It's limitless. Your offering may be limited. But if you will take your heart, which is limitless, and attach it to what seems limited, your heart will change it. Yeah. Amen. See, that's, again, that's Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000. That lunch, limited, it was, it, uh, you heard me joke, it was two sardines and five rich crackers. It was a little boy's lunch. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Right? But he gave from his heart mm-hmm. to Jesus. Jesus took the blessing and put it on what seemed small and limited, and it fed 5,000 people and had leftovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see that's New Testament giving? That's New Testament giving. Mm-hmm. It's to not sit there and go, well, it's not enough. Yeah. My offering's not big enough. My income's not big enough. You know, my this ain't big. It, it ain't about, if you think size, yeah. you're thinking sparingly. Mm-hmm. Here's the other analogy. Now, I always like this one. You know, we give our buckets are back there and we don't pass a bucket like they do most of the time. And it was kind of like that in Jesus' day. They had an offering box at the back of the synagogue. Oh yeah, and it was one day, and, and so one Saturday or whenever it was, Jesus went back to the offering box and stood there and watched people give. Now, can you imagine what y'all would do to me if I did that? <laughs> if I went back there to the offering box, I'm just going to watch and see what John's doing today. I'm just going to see how he's giving. 
I'm just going to observe, right? Uh, y'all would lynch me. Y'all would slash my tires, run me out of here on a rail, right? And, and probably rightfully so, right? But Jesus, one day, Jesus standing back by the offering box going, I'm just going to observe. I'm going to observe people's hearts. Yes, yes. And he said, oh, the Pharisee came and pulled out this choker wad of cash and started waving it around so people could see how big his offering was. And Jesus said, yep, that's all he got was, a, was an applause. Mm. Yeah. He was thinking about quantity, and that offering was small. Sparing. It was sparing. And then the little widow lady comes, and she pulls out the two half pennies from her heart. And gives all she had from her heart. And Jesus said, ain't nobody out giving her. Because she gave from a limitless place. She gave from the heart. So see, now, give from our hearts. Right? Whatever you give, wherever you give. Again, and I'm just going to be real clear. I've had people come and say, well, Brad, you know, Brad, I got to. I want to give, and, I, and people start apologizing. And I instantly know when people start apologizing to the pastor, they've gotten wrong teaching somewhere. You know, Brad, I got this, and I, I'm going to give. And I, this is, I'm going to give part of my tithe to Audra. And they're waiting for me to get all mad. And I go, awesome. Because <laughs> it's not about, it's about your heart. Yeah. Mine is, are you giving from your heart? The blessing are, are you giving from there? If you can look at me and go, Brad, I, I love, I'm giving from my heart. Man, I don't care what it is or where it goes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because I understand, man, if we will give from our heart, mm-hmm. if we will give from there mm-hmm. with this idea, man, here it is, Lord, you have blessed me. You have prospered me. Lord, you have provided for me. Lord, you have taken care of me. I mean, you've been generous to me. Mm-hmm. Lord, today I sow this seed here because I've purposed in my heart to do that here. I do it cheerfully here. I give this here. I, Lord, from my heart. Mm-hmm. Man, that's what matters most. Does, does that help? Yes. Amen. So this morning, if you want to get our, have we given yet? Not yet. All right. So y'all follow us. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, and, and not, this is what I mean. This is how Selena and I give when we give. You just watch us, and you can do your own thing that you want to. If you give, and there's buckets back there. If you give as a check, that's great. You know how the offering stuff. We give online if you want to give. Just more pay attention to what this is. Your giving is an act of your heart. That's right. Amen? Amen. So this, we do this a lot privately. Like you don't see us do this much publicly. So I'm going to be as, just as transparent as I know how to be. Does that make sense? Amen. So y'all ready? If you're ready to give your own, so if you can do this, you can listen. But Father, Lord, thank you so much. Lord, thank you, thank you so much. that you have been so faithful through this year that has been filled with transition. And Lord, I am so grateful. Lord, thank you for Reynaldo and the new pizza place he's opening. Lord, that you had the privilege of leading me there and we got to sell him some much needed equipment. And so, Lord, we give today, Lord, because you have given us opportunity to bless people. Lord, we give today to say thank you for the sales that you brought in and for the work that you gave us. Lord, thank you for the commission that that gave us. So thankful for that. And Lord, today as we give our tithe, as we sow this here into our church family, Lord, I thank you.
Amen. That it's going to help this place serve more people. It's going to help me be able to serve the people more. It's going to give me more time and more ability. Lord, it's going to, it's going to give me more real areas to sow. But Lord, today I just say I love you. Thank you for giving to us. Lord, thank you that we've never missed a payment on anything. Lord, thank you that we've never known hunger. We've never known nakedness. We've never done without. Father, thank you. So today I gladly, cheerfully, and eagerly give today. Because you have been so faithful to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Guys, let's give that way. Amen. Not because... Does, does that make sense? Yes. But give that wherever you give. Make sure you give that way. Make sure you take the time, whether it's at home or if you want to do it here. We're going to start doing more in our time on the front end to give more uh, as worship. Yes. So if you want to give here, but let it be just symbolic as an act of worship, then what you'll see us do is when we do communion, on Sunday mornings, we'll tag offering onto that communion time so that you can give with your heart. Amen. Right? But again, you can do that here if you want to. I invite you to. It would be, I just think it would be fun. <laughs> just like singing together is fun. Right? Better than singing. I sing alone, but it's much better when we do it together. Right? Is <laughs> that... You know, we give alone, but it's much better when we do it together. But wherever you give, however you give, never give absent of your heart. Never give mechanically. Never just so. Even if you do cool things like set it up on auto payment with other ministries, make sure you're taking time to be intentional and to put your heart into what you're giving. Does that make sense? If that it's an act of worship, that it's an act of your heart. And then like this, and I love what Brother and do it cheerfully. Right? Your seed will be, any good farmer gets excited about seed. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. When, when I, I, I told you before, I've saved seed in the past, I was always excited. Mm-hmm. You know, cut the watermelon open, you strain out the seeds, and you're giddy. I don't, I don't know if I'm, a, I was anyway, and you're, you're cleaning the seeds off and putting them out on the paper towels and you're just excited because you're like, yay, this is next year's garden. I love, mm-hmm. you know, I'd fold the little napkin up and put it in a Ziploc bag, put it up in the cabinet. Come about Christmas time, I get my little notebook out and I think about, well, I'm going to grow this this year and I want to grow this this year. I'm so, a uh, uh, little transparent moment with Brad. I was practicing, we had a fig tree, I've had a fig tree in the yard for like four years now and I felt like Jesus. I'd go out there and I'd check it and be no figs and I'd want to curse it. Right. And I'd do that. And I did like three years. And finally, literally, I'm like going, well, this, this thing is not produced in like four years. And that verse came to my mind where Jesus was talking and the, and the, the gardener comes to the master and says, Hey, listen, give me one more year and I'll take care of the tree. And after this year, it doesn't produce. We'll cut it down and turn it into firewood. So that's kind of what I did. You know, that thing started producing this year. I went out there the other day, and there's figs on it. I'm like, I'm so glad I followed the Bible. I almost cut you down and turned you into firewood. I mean, it's... <laughs> but listen, give cheerfully. Part of how you know something is your seed is you get excited about it. 
When you look at your paycheck, your seed is it, you get it. I get to give that $100. I get to give that $200. I get to give that $50. I get to give that $5. I get to, whatever it is, you get this excitement in you. And Brother Greg Moore, our pastor, said this. He says, if you need to know what to give, only give what you can give cheerfully. Yes. Amen. If you're ever giving and you're giving grudgingly, you need to back down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And get to a place again where you can give cheerfully. Because it's more important to give from a cheerful heart than it is to give an amount that you're not cheerful.